This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Sometimes it's darkest before the dawn. And this may be our wake-up call to never, ever let this happen again. Uh, we've become complacent in a lot of ways. We get stuck on our own little heads about what's real and what's not real. And we think our lives are not going to ever be affected by that and no one's going to call us on it. But maybe this is a wake-up call that we, as a civilization, need to grow up. Bye. Four, three. Yeah, I'm sure we will, Michael. Do it live! I can go right in and we'll do it live! The freedom of speech is being taken away. Master of Ceremonies, I look forward to once again serve you those conscious coma-inducing vibrations. First-time listeners, turn on, tune in, and drop out. This is a different kind of show, a place where we don't feel so alone. Let us chase away the light, no matter what you at home choose to believe. I do admire you for your curiosity. Live and direct right now, on the TuneIn Radio app, search End of Days, and you'll find the 24-7 network. Catch the podcast rendition on iTunes and Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Of course, you can find the episodes on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe. My guest tonight is Rob Ashelsky. He is a writer of both fiction and nonfiction. Rob has a degree in science, has written a large number of factual articles for the former Alien Skin magazine, as well as many others. He has often and over a long period explored the alien and UFO question and has made investigative trips to research such UFO hotspots, areas like Pine Bush, New York, Gulf Breeze, Florida, and other regions including Brown Mountain, North Carolina, known for the famous Brown Mountain Lights, as well as investigating numerous places known for paranormal activity. With over 20 years of research and investigative efforts behind him, author Rob Shelsky is well qualified on the subjects of UFOs, 
Once again, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing me into your hearts and into your minds. Here we are again on a night like this. Welcome back to another edition of the Michael Deacon program. Feeling illuminated once again. Always an honor and pleasure to be here under pale moonlight. For those who are new in attendance, let me take a moment to reintroduce myself to you. My name is Michael, and I am the host and producer of this very unique program. This is a call-in show. Please feel free to call in whenever your little heart desires. I'm always willing to talk to you out there for better or for worse. I won't hang up as long as you stay focused. That number is 760-332-8947. One more time, 760-332-8947. Let's hear those sweet little voices, 760-332-8947. Go ahead and add me over Skype. End of day's mic with the letter Y and not the letter I. And that's all one word. As I said, this is a very different kind of show. Most of you out there listening already come in here with very bad habits. But don't worry. I'm hoping to deprogram all of you out there. Guten Morgen. To those German listeners out there, thank you. To those listening here in America. And those who are listening outside of America, thank you for all your support. And wasting no time here, let's bring on our first guest. Bear with me as I fetch the guest. Rob, are you alive and well? Uh, just barely. <laughs> oh, I like that. How's it going, Rob? Are you okay? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad at all. How about you? I really can't complain. I'm feeling good. Always an honor and pleasure to be here with all the listeners. And of course, Rob, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And it's an honor to be on your program, sir. Oh, thank you very much. So, Rob, let's get into things right away. Let's start from our roots. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Rob. Well, um, I have a strong interest in UFOs that dates back about um, 12, 13 years. Prior to that, I still had a strong interest but didn't act on it. I also have a, a degree in sciences, and I um, am always exploring new things like time travel, the Mandela effect, the idea the moon might be hollow, uh, the fact that there might be other creatures out there, and I'm even a member of uh, MUFON. I'm a field investigator for MUFON. Very nice. Now, Rob, did you ever have any experiences of your own? I have had two. One, when I was a teenager, I saw something over the city of San Diego. It streaked across the sky. There were several of us looking up. We thought it was a jet exploding is what it looked like to us. It was very luminous. And uh, the next day, the headlines of the San Diego Union newspaper said 50,000 in uh, San Diego Stadium see mystery space object. That was one. And then more recently, um, last year, I saw what I can only describe as a UFO over the city of Greensboro in North Carolina. Interesting. It seems like this year has been um, increasing in the amounts of UFO activity. It, it's, it seems like it's um, report after report, especially out here in California. Um, actually, being a member of MUFON, I have access to their database. And yes, worldwide, reports of UFOs are going up. Uh, we don't know if that means there's more UFOs or more people are spotting them because they have phone cameras now where they never used to and are filming it. Or maybe just people are generally more aware and are looking up. But yes, the number of sightings has gone up. Oh, yes, it really has. I always mention how my parents actually saw this sort of triangular craft up above their home. And I live near the border. This is a border town. I live in a small town called El Centro. 
And, oh, I know it well. Oh, yes. There's been lots of sightings of that particular craft out here. I myself had seen something very much like that. It, it resembled the Phoenix Lights one, one time a couple months back. Well, you're lucky. Uh, actually, it was in that general area that my brother saw something as well when he was young. Uh, we lived in San Diego, and he apparently uh, – well, not apparently. He did go camping with a friend of his. Mm. Uh, friend's father dropped him off in the desert, and uh, they stayed up late, and they saw bright objects shoot across the sky, and it looked like it landed or came down not too far from them. They decided to leave the camp and go find out what it was. That's the last he or his friend remembered. Till the next morning, they got up, they struck camp. The boy's father came, picked him up, and took them home, and they never discussed it for Oh, over 20 years, and then suddenly my brother remembered. He had moved to Las Vegas. He called his friend and said, do you remember this incident? And the friend goes, yes. And my brother goes, why didn't we discuss it? And they became so intrigued, the friend moved his entire family to Las Vegas to be near my brother so they could then start investigating the whole idea of UFOs. And, of course, Area 51 is right near there. Oh, yes. Have you explored out there near Area 51? I have been near Area 51, but I have not been as close as I'd like to be. They don't let yeah, you get too I, close. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's rather dangerous to get too close. But my brother did get some nice videos. We, they, there used to be a mountain you could go up and look over onto the area somewhat. And he did get some intriguing videos of lights shooting up from landing area or field there and uh, darting around the sky, hovering, and then dropping back down. They certainly weren't helicopters. Uh, it's, you can't really tell what they are. The videotape at the time wasn't the best, but um, it certainly was very UFO-like. Oh, yes. And, Rob, you have written an extensive amount of uh, books here, um, various subjects. And I'm curious, how how does the writing process for you uh, begin? Well, it begins with curiosity. I have an overwhelming curiosity and always have since I was very, very young about UFOs, space, anything to do with that. And um, so I just start researching it. And the more I research it, the more I learn. And then it reaches a point where it's like, this would make a book. And then right. But, Rob, what exactly is it about these subjects that has you so intrigued? Ooh, that's hard to pin down, actually. Um, I just have a strong sense of curiosity about the idea of there being other life in the universe. Uh, my scientific background makes me or actually compels me to believe that it must exist. And uh, also time travel. And a lot of the things I've learned along the way uh, have convinced me that something is definitely out of the ordinary. Something extraordinary is going on. And we need to know more about it. We, we need to be aware of what's happening. And I agree for sure. And quickly off subject here, earlier I got a message about a, an earthquake out there in the Philippines um very powerful i believe it was conflicting reports first it was an 8.0 which obviously it, it wasn't but a rather strong earthquake hit the philippines earlier and i always think that's that's pretty pretty sad for those people out there because it, they're always getting hit with something it's terrible well i have a fellow researcher who lives out there he lives on an island in the philippines mr cunningham and i hope oh. he's okay Yes, I I hope so, too. And as you know, Rob, many moons ago, there was a very powerful earthquake out here where I'm at. And it was uh, during Easter, Easter Sunday, 2010. I believe that was a 7.3 or 4. 
pretty damn strong. It was pretty damn strong, Rob. And I mm-hmm. must say, I I live out here right on right on the fault line, the San Andreas fault line, and I'm always worried when the next big one is going to strike. Well, El Centro has. I actually, uh, my minor was in geology, and I. Uh, Actually had to go out there and map faults. And oddly enough, one day I was mapping a fault line out oh, there. Oh wow! And a man came out of his house. Crazy. And turned out he was a professor, and he was one of my geology professors. He had no idea he was living within about 15 feet of a fault line. He had no so, idea. <laughs> no, he was a oh, geology so professor funny. at San Diego State. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, not good. No, not at all. Have you ever experienced any earthquakes of of that magnitude? Quite a few. Um, the day I moved from California, we had a swarm of six uh, minor tumblers. They were like 2.5, 3.0 on the Richter scale. But uh, it compelled me to um, think about leaving a few hours earlier than I tended to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. There's no feeling like an earthquake because there's no place oh, yeah. to run. Yes. The very ground beneath you is suddenly your enemy. Oh, yes. And, of course, the sensation of being lightheaded, that's not good either. Well, yeah, there's a very, uh, I would call it vertigo, sense of vertigo. Right. Mm-hmm. And that lasted for about 20 minutes on me. Oh, did it last that long for you? Yeah, I, I felt that for about 20 minutes after. Well, that was a pretty significant quake you went through, too. That's probably the reason why. It, it was pretty strong, yes. You should have, you should have seen uh, the look of terror on my neighbor's face. You probably saw the same look on your face, whether you know it or not. I'm pretty sure it was there. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty scared. You know, it was, it was during the, during the time when I was really looking at, well, not looking, I was really studying the whole Nibiru flyby that was allegedly going to happen in 2012. So I was thinking, my goodness, it's already taking place. Hmm. Well, California is known for its quakes. That too, yeah. I was I mean, just, I, I was just paranoid. It, a 5.0, 4.0 was pretty common in San Diego on a fairly, I won't say regular, but, you know, occasional basis. Indeed. Now, one other thing I do want to get into here with you, and of course, there's a huge list of topics we could get into since you've written extensively about all these great, great topics and subjects, rather. And I've been receiving various emails from listeners about this specific topic, and it's been it's been one that's just so popular. It's kind of overtaking the Internet, to be honest with you, and that's the Mandela effect. And I thought we could talk a little bit about that tonight here. Oh, I think it'd be a good topic because there's an awful lot about it. Oh, yes. It seems like everyone is just so locked in with this right now and hasn't gone well, away. I think, I think there's a reason for that. I think it's because it's real. I think it's, it's an effect that is taking place and more and more people are noticing it. Yeah, I, I receive at least hmm, three emails a week asking about the Mandela effect and if I believe in it. And do you? Partially. I'm on the fence. Well, I'm not a believer per se. I believe uh, the definition of belief is faith in that which you cannot prove empirically. And I'm a kick the tires kind of guy, even with UFOs. Uh, so I like lots of evidence to support um, any kind of a theory or hypothesis that I or someone else develops. And if someone just... I have had people email me on subjects, too, and they give me this elaborate hypothesis or something, and they have absolutely no evidence to support it. And I said, you know, get back to me when you have some evidence. However, I think with regard to the Mandela effect, there is ample evidence to prove that it actually does exist, and I've found some. Yes, and for those who don't recall, 
anything about what we're talking about. The Mandela effect, I believe, started when exactly did, it, did this phenomenon start? Anyways, I'm now I'm lost well, here. Yeah, you can't really pin down when it started. Uh, the term Mandela effect comes from Nelson Mandela. People had memories of Mandela dying in prison. Yeah, in 2013. Uh, yeah, and uh, he uh, – well, actually, it actually predates even that. Uh, people were talking about it prior to them, but that was when it was officially named. Yes. The Mandela effect. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, – and then other people remember, remember, as we do now, that he went on to become president of South Africa. I have both memories, actually. I remember him dying in prison in the 80s and thinking how terrible and sad that was. And I also have the memory of him being president. So I have both memories, which is strange, I know, but that's not uncommon with the men. By the way, apparently this came from a woman named Fiona Bloom in 2013, I believe it was, um, after, yeah, after the human rights activist Nelson Mandela died. And, of course, lots of people did believe he died in the 80s. Well, it isn't just him. I mean, that was just the kickoff for this. It, it, the subject is tremendous. And the number of people who remember, uh, things differently from other people is incredible. I mean, almost any topic or subject you talk about, there's a Mandela effect involved, whether you're talking about Star Wars and uh, Darth Vader and Luke, um, and what he said to Luke about him being his father, for instance. Um, uh, have you heard that one? Right. Yes. I've seen clips of that before. Yeah, he's supposed to, I, all of us, me included, or most of us remember him saying, Luke, I am your father. Even, um, the actor who starred in that, um, uh, can't think of his name off, offhand, Jones, his last name is Jones, Mr. Jones, but, um, he even remembers in three different interviews that that's the way he said it, but it's not what he said. What the movies now says, and if you watch it, it says, no, I am your father. Nobody remembers it that way. Everyone remembers this, Luke, I am your father. Uh, they also remember C-3PO as being completely gold. And yet the people who made the movies insist that every single movie C-3PO had a silver leg. Even the cameraman mm-hmm. said, well, if I had known he had a silver leg, I would have adjusted the lighting for that reason, and I didn't. And yet if you watch any of the uh, movies, he has a silver leg. Now, here's the weird part. I found a blooper on the Internet, a takeout from the movie that was a mistake. And in it, it shows C-3PO, and he's completely gold. Yes, I've seen various videos on that one. That one is actually pretty strange. Um, it is strange. It's not the only one. Yeah, there, there's uh, many examples for sure. Like, but there's some that are even mm-hmm. more telling. There is, for example, anyone can look up um, Friends, the TV series Friends. Second season it was something about a date to a prom. It's like the second episode of the second season. And in it, there's a globe in the background. And on the globe, there is a map of a large island off the southwest coast of Australia. It doesn't exist. And yet many people around the world do remember that island. They can't remember the name of it, but they remember it being there. Now, I'm not talking about Tasmania, and I'm not talking about New Zealand. This is another island. And in another movie, Dazed and Confused, in 1992-93, I believe it came out, Mm -hmm. a teenage angst movie. They're on, on a set at a real school. Two kids are spinning a globe while they're talking about all their teenage problems. And um on the globe is that island again. And it's large, and, it's, and if you freeze frame it, you can actually see rivers and printing on it. This is no logo, no key to the globe. This is an island. And so it's even appearing on things. Our past seems to be changing, but in some ways it doesn't completely. You know, when I first heard of this, I always just, I just simply thought perhaps people just have a false memory. Or they're just Oh, not, I thought the same thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people thought that, right? Sure. But here's an interesting thing. When people get something wrong, 
and lots of people do. We're talking thousands, tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands. They all get it wrong the same way. Uh, for instance, um, you know, the color chartreuse, right? Right. What color is that for you? What was that? Sorry. What color? How would you describe that color? How would I describe the color? Chartreuse. Um, what what shades or colors would you use to to describe chartreuse? For instance, if I said crimson, you would say orange, red, or red. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say like an orange, red, right? Wrong. See, you're from that other universe. I guess I'm from a different universe. Yeah, yeah. the parallel and, and universe. Yet you're getting it wrong exactly the same way everybody else does. Chartreuse is a is a bright lime green, uh, and that's the color chartreuse. But when people get it wrong, they don't say it's blue. They don't say it's gold. They don't say it's black. They don't say it's brown or orange. They say it's uh, reddish or a reddish purple or maroon. That, those are the colors they describe it as, which really they're probably describing the same color. But they're getting it exactly uh, wrong I just the looked, same way. I just looked that up for now. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Thousands of people are, are remembering chartreuse. Uh, I have a f- close friend. I asked him just for the heck of it. I said, what color chartreuse? And he said, kind of a reddish purple, isn't it? I said, no, it's bright green, yellow green. Yes, I'm looking at that now. And by the way, I had to put your microphone up there. Uh, your audio was kind of low in my headphones there. Sorry about that. Oh, I'm sorry, too. Is, uh, I don't know if I can turn it up for you. Uh, um, if, if you can, just a tiny bit. Um, let's see. <laughs> You know what? I'm afraid I'm going to lose you if I do that. Uh, never mind. Yeah, I'll, I'll okay. just fix that on my end. Don't worry. I can try it on under options here, but uh, you know I'm horrible when it comes to this sort of thing. Oh, no worries. But yeah, yes, you're you're absolutely right. I was I was thinking about that though. I was thinking about all the times I was in art class and all the times the art teacher was in the back uh, drinking her her Jack Daniels. You had an art teacher that drank Jack Daniels? Yes, she was an alcoholic, and, and she was very, very mean. <laughs> she actually got fired because of her, her drinking. Well, yeah, I could see how that might happen. Oh, yeah, it, it didn't work out. <laughs> Believe me, it was it was quite the story down here. Ah, the, uh, and, and this relates to the Mandela Tech How? <laughs> oh, oh, not, not, in no way. I just, I just had this weird flashback in my head when you were you're telling me to describe that color to you. Oh, now I just reset my microphone to a higher volume. Is that helping you at all? Yeah, now I hear you a little bit more clear. And now maybe I even did it higher. Yeah, you're good now. Okay. You okay, are. Okay, I hope so because I've got it all the way up. <laughs> ah, okay, perfect. But yes, you are loud and clear here. And yes, going back to the whole Mandela effect, everyone has been emailing me or calling in asking me for my opinion even uh, even at times after this show has gone off there's replays of this show and, and people call in and sometimes it goes right to my cell phone because one of those numbers is set up on um a Google number and it's tied to my cell phone and once in a while I get these random calls and they're asking me about the Mandela effect at at 2 in the morning well, that must be interesting to have happen to you. By the way, you know, there I'm is it some actual um, scientific evidence that might support the idea that the Mandela effect is a real phenomena and might be a side effect of uh, problems with we're doing with quantum behavior, either at CERN. At CERN, or, yes. And or with the D-wave computers. And by the way, Rob, before we get into that and all the great talks of CERN and parallel universes and black holes, I believe there is a call. 
And I'm sure they have a question for you. Sure. Yes, let's find out what's going on with this caller. I believe it's uh, Sherry. You are live on the air. What's going on? Sherry? Maybe she's not there. I don't hear anyone on my end. Hmm. Terrible. Going to hang up there. If you have any questions for Rob, go ahead and give us a call here at 760-332-8724. Go ahead and use that number, 760-332-8724. Well, never mind. Now they're calling back. And I put you on hold there. Sorry about that, Rob. My goodness, we're having lots of technical <laughs> glitches here. I'm not sure what the hell is happening. Aliens. Aliens, they, <laughs> yes. They are disrupting the whole show here. Totally. So, going back to what we were discussing here, I'm sorry about that, Rob. Oh, that's fine. Oh, yes. You never really know what's going to happen here during a live broadcast. And we've lost her again, I take it? Yes, I I thought she was back on, and now she, I guess it's not, her phone's not working. Or there's a glitch in the, uh, or a, what do they call it, a gremlin in the works, right? There's a ghost in the machine, perhaps. A ghost in the machine, there you go. I think that's the best way we could describe this fumble here, but... (laughs) <laughs> yes, let, let's move forward here with the Mandela effect. Oh, and well, sorry, oh, sorry, she's calling again. My goodness. And once again, it's not working. How annoying. Sorry about that, Rob. No, I'm not supposed to be doing anything on my end, am I? No, no, you're you're good. It's just okay. I'm not sure what's going on. Sometimes people call in with a, a cell phone or a landline. That's just not going to work here. Well, with the Mandela effect, we seem to have... <sighs> an increase in the amount of effects that seem to be occurring. Either that or more and more people are becoming aware of it. Are some of these Mandela effects just misremembering something? Yes, no doubt. Um, The baby boomer generation is aging and uh, probably starting to forget some things the way they really were. We all like to code our past some. But uh, there is so much that's going on. It is a question. Is it real or isn't? Well, there's two ways that we might find an answer to that. And that's to try to find some rational explanation for it if it is happening. Now, if islands are appearing on maps and then disappearing, you have to understand these aren't just pictures on a map that we're talking about. If these islands were real, and this island was about a fifth the size of Australia, uh, then what we're talking about is a bunch of people disappearing from our lives, and we have no memory of them. Not only did they just vanish, but... They vanish from our collective memories, except vaguely. Some people remember the island. They don't remember the name. They don't remember anything about it, but they remember it being there. So this is a concern. Are our lives simply being snuffed out or made to have never been? Or are they actually in a parallel universe? And have we merged with that briefly and then broke away from it? There is a lot of questions going on here about the Mandela. There really is. Mm. And there is, seems to be some evidence for it. Um D-Wave is a new company, relatively new, and started out in the late uh, uh, or mid to late 2000s, and they developed quantum computers, and they're rapidly improving on them. And NASA now even has one, and Google's invested in one. And one of the funders and founders of the company literally said this. This is a quote. Quantum computation will be the first technology that allows useful tasks to be performed in collaborating between parallel. Uh, he, it's their belief that every time they add another qubit, their computer. Uh oh, slightly losing you there, Rob. Oh, are you? I'm sorry. I'm not sure. And I'm not sure why, because I haven't done a thing. Is this any better? I'm just moving closer to the microphone. Uh, slightly better there. Yeah, I'm not. I think it's just an internet problem there, or someone else is on the line here. I'm not quite sure. It, Sherry, are you there? Never mind. It, it seems like 
someone else was here, but I guess they're gone now. That's so creepy. And it, I just it, it really is creepy. I thought I, I thought I heard someone in the background. Did you just hear a bleep? I just heard like an electronic bleep. Yeah. Yes. Lots of um, strange <laughs> technical uh, hiccups here. But it's happened with me before. On another interview, the man recorded it. It was in Canada, and mm-hmm. it was the warrant exchange. He recorded the entire interview on his hard drive. He had it on his laptop, and he had another backup copy, and all three disappeared, and we had to redo the entire interview. It was about two hours long. Oh, no, that's terrible. It's vanished from all, all, all the sources. He has no idea how or why. He would get figured out. Another interview I had, um, all the phones were dead. Uh, <laughs> so this sort of thing does happen, apparently. Yeah, you know, it does happen, but for some reason, it, it really happens on, on certain shows. Um, I'm not sure exactly what that means, but maybe certain topics cause certain things to act this way. I don't really know. Uh, I wonder. You know, I mean, a lot of research do uh, into UFOs and stuff do worry about it. I mean, if you think about um, Sidney Sheldon's list, you know, the, uh, the Sheldon list, it talks about all the researchers who died, disappeared under mysterious circumstances, and, and even in um, clusters in the 80s and the 90s and in the early 2000s, between 2002 and 2003, we lost quite a number of researchers, and this includes journalists. Physicists, microbiologists, and um, people who are actively investigating UFOs. Oh yes, many so, people show up missing. Yeah, so there is a there is a and, and people ask me, are you afraid that this might happen? To you? I say, no, but I mean, if something happens weird on too many of these shows, I'm gonna get the idea. It might be a good idea to stop. <laughs> yes, I was just about to ask you, have you ever faced any sort of harassment for any of the topics that you write about, Rob? Uh, no, I actually have not. Um, most of the listeners are really pretty good about it. Some of them, um, I have had some people email me that uh, are very religious-oriented and who didn't like some of the ideas I was espousing for that reason. But other than that, no, nothing. Oh, religious folks gave you um, some trouble over what exactly? Well, the idea of there being extraterrestrials and also the idea of ancient aliens and oh, that argument, yes, gods and they weren't gods and you know, and the Bible talks about it and they didn't like the fact that I was touching on a sensitive subject for them. I see. Yeah, that's that's always problematic when you're discussing that sort of thing with certain folks, especially those who are heavily religious and sometimes a little close-minded. Anyone, even some scientists, are very heavily invested or vested in their belief systems and don't don't believe that scientists are necessarily objective. They're not. There was a case of um, Alfred Wegener, I believe his name was. He came up with the theory of continental drift back in the 50s, uh, sorry, the 20s, and he was last out of the field of geology and it ruined his career and he died in ignominy for that reason. And it wasn't until the 50s that we finally accepted the idea of continental drift. The evidence hadn't changed. It was just the viewpoint of the geologist of the time. So, yes, people can be destroyed uh, just because they challenge someone's belief systems. It doesn't have to be religious belief systems to do this. Yes, I, I agree. And speaking of, well, he's not a scientist, but Bill Nye, the science guy, have you seen his latest remarks get get a little bit of uh, backlash by the media there? Well, he did challenge CNN, and I thought he was very right to do that. He put a man on there that obviously was out of his depth, obviously 
was not going by anything scientific whatsoever. And this was their opposing viewpoint for Bill Nye. And he made the remark to CNN, I don't understand why you would even have this person on here and why you don't have 10 or 12 people telling you that climate change is real. Because I believe it's from 97, 98% of scientists now believe that climate change is real. And yet CNN dredged up this person and um, had him spouting what to me personally was utter nonsense about the topic, but, uh, and of course it offended Bill Nye, and I understand. Oh yes, that got him extremely upset, but one of the, co- mm-hmm. so, you know, yeah. I mean, I really do. I mean, it, it, it denigrates his years and years of, of knowledge and experience and study to have someone like this, uh, going contra, you know, I mean, you don't mind if it's another expert in the field who disagrees with you, but if it's just someone they, I keep using this word, but dredged up from somewhere, then no, I don't think so. Mm, yes. It says here, should we be having kids in the age of climate change? That's what this article was titled here. Pretty cute title. Of course, well, people are very upset over what he said about children. That's That's what the media has been running with. And I understand what he was saying, but perhaps if he said it a, a little bit different, the media wouldn't have uh, picked up the ball and ran with it. Well, I mean, you can always, in hindsight, think that people should say something differently than they do, and definitely sometimes they should. True. We've had examples of that galore in the last year or so. But uh, for a scientist to sugarcoat or to ameliorate what he's trying to say to you, you I don't think you can sugarcoat facts. Facts are what they are. If a if an earthquake is 7.2 on the Richter scale, it's 7.2. And saying it was a little bigger than normal is just softening something that shouldn't be softened. Uh, science is facts. Uh, they don't just come up with theories that are not based on some type of evidence, a good deal of it. So my attitude is if someone says something and they're a scientist and it's factual, whether it's Bill and I or, uh, or uh, Carl Sagan or whoever has right. the forum, mm-hmm. you have to accept it. Now, if it's a politician talking about something political or something of a different kind of nature, that's a different story. Yes. That, that political mm-hmm. correctness can go too far. When it starts interfering with science, I think then we have a problem because political correctness is designed to protect people's feelings. It is not designed to obviate obvious facts. And I agree with you on that. However, when, you know, other, other, well, let, let's just say the mainstream, um, the the mainstream viewers, the mainstream participants who go ahead and watch these these networks religiously and hang on every word they hear, those kind of folks, they hear something like that from Bill Nye and the media just plays that part. That that part gets stuck in their heads, and then of course once they turn on you, once once the once the men in suits turn on you there and they paint you in that sort of way, that that could be very damaging for one's career hopefully bill nye doesn't get any any sort of um i guess you could say backlash from this and and i guess in kinder words i should say so often when one tells the truth one does get a backlash from those who don't believe the truth or feel there is a different truth there's not much you really can do about that i'm afraid um you really can't charles Charles darwin faced it galileo faced it copernicus faced it tico brahe faced it. This has gone on through the centuries. Whenever you say something that's unpalatable to someone, they're going to react in a negative manner. And of course, today, the media really loves to blow anything and everything out of proportion. They go wild. He's a politician. He's not a diplomat. He's a scientist. Yeah, they go really wild with that. 
And I personally like his exchanges with, uh, believe it's uh, Ken Ham. And why do you like those exchanges in particular? Well, it seems like those two, they, they clash a lot, but I, I sort of feel like they kind of have this weird bond. It's, it's, it's interesting to see those two talk to each other with such opposing views, with Bill Nye obviously taking the, the science approach and Ken Ham, total creationist ideology. It's just interesting to see those two go back and forth. Well, Ham, I, Ham just doesn't, he, he just does not, he just does not take in any of the information. It's just kind of funny to, to see him talk to, to Bill. Well, it's belief systems again. Right. Once you acquire belief systems, and I'm not just talking about religion here, anything, once you put on those blinders, you box yourself in. It's, it's quite easy to box oneself in on anything by acquiring any sort of belief system. But once you've boxed yourself in, it's awfully hard to get out of that box. We have an odd thing in this world. We say, I believe, but we forget that at some point in our lives, we adopted those beliefs. We weren't born with them. We adopted them. But suddenly, we stop saying, I believe in this. We start saying, I am this. Whether I'm a Scientologist or I'm a Catholic or I'm a geologist, we stop saying, I believe in this, and we start saying, I am this. And that's the step maybe that goes a little too far sometimes, I think, for some people. And they can't see beyond their own limitations, self-imposed limitations. I agree. Sometimes people can't see past a certain issue or certain, like you said, belief system, rather. And obviously that kind of... It sort of takes away the momentum of ever having any kind of real progress. Well, of course it does, because if if you believe in creationism, you've completely blocked out and ruled out everything. I spoke to one young lady that was a friend of mine, and her faith said that the universe is only 6,000 years old. I said, well, then how do you explain rocks that we find that are three and a half billion years old and dinosaur fossils that I've dug up myself that are in layers deep uh, in San Diego? go up to the Cuyamaca Mountains. You can dig them up, um, uh, fossilized shells and things. And I said, how do you explain that? Because these are obviously a lot. And her response was, well, the creator created the universe old. So although he created only 6,000 years ago, he created it to apparently seem much older. <laughs> and honestly, I'm not trying to pick on anyone here, but how do you possibly fight that kind of logic or argue with it? She believes what she believes, and there's nothing I could possibly say that would change that. So this is a case where science and religion just simply have no common ground. And I agree with you there. And some folks believe the earth is flat. So, Rob, you have those folks, too. Oh, absolutely. It's not just restricted to religion. That's why I mentioned uh, Alfred uh, Wegener and geology, because uh, it's it's across the board. Anyone who invests a great deal of time, effort, and their career in one particular thing is very loath to give it up and to let go of it without a real strong fight. Speaking of flat earth, have you been harassed by those lovely folks? I have had contact from several. Oh, my goodness. I didn't go well. <laughs> it, it never does. It never does. I, I get attacked by them all the time in private emails, and they're always asking why I don't bring on any sort of pro-flat earther. And I'm just, I I shake my head each time I read that. I really can't believe that sort of mindset exists, and especially on the Internet of all places, when you have all sorts of information at your fingertips, yet you believe the Earth is flat. 
well, there's a lot of conspiracy theories on the Internet as well. And right. one of the problems as a researcher that I have is trying to find out what is fact, what is fiction, what is just sheer conspiracy theory. The gentleman who called me about it um, insisted there was an inner sun on the earth and that you didn't age there. You could live for centuries, whereas this sun would kill you. And I said, well, where's your evidence for this? I, I said, it's an intriguing hypothesis, but do you have anything to back it up? And he says, well, yeah, just step out in the sun and see if it doesn't blind you if you stare at it for 45 minutes. I said, well, at least I can step out under my sun and stare at it. Can you stare at the one that's in the inner earth? Because I don't see it, and I don't think you've seen it either. So it's really hard to deal with that kind of mentality. They fixate or obsess on something, and there's really nothing you can do to argue the point. So I've learned don't argue the point. Just say, well, I respect your opinion. Sometimes I don't. But, <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> but, you know, and, and, and I try to get away from it as quickly as I can. Yeah. I Maybe one day I'll, I'll bring in a flat earther and just let him let him uh, talk to his his choir. Well, on the other hand, I was going to say just that, to block someone simply because you don't buy into it or believe it or have any faith in it or ridicule it isn't a reason not to at least listen to what they have to say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you have two people on your show, one pro and one against, it might be a better conversation so they can hear both sides of the argument. But I do think people have a right to hear both that's, sides. That's a great idea. That's actually a good idea. Rob, I might just nominate you to be in here. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, but no thanks to the flat earthers, okay? Ah, <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. And by the way, by the way, now I, I think I have that caller back. Um, caller, you are live on the air. What's going on? Caller, we could hear you loud and clear. We could hear you fine. Caller, and you're gone. Well, they hung up, but yes, the line is working, but I, apparently your cell phone isn't working, or landline, rather, but yes. Obviously, Rob, you are not to communicate with the flat earthers out there because they might, they might just, they might just piss you off. Let's just say that. Well, if they're right, then my theories of the hollow moon are wrong. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, and we'll get into that right now. And once again, here's another caller. Caller, you are live on the air. What's going on? Going once. Caller. Hmm. Well, that's disappointing because I could hear them fine, Rob, but they're not saying anything. I hear static or something, like there's an open line, but I don't, um, mm-hmm. I don't hear the voice. So. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm just going to give up with, with, with these people right now. I'm not sure what's going on with them. I tried the line myself and it works fine. So. Hmm. Yes. Oh well. So going back to the Mandela effect, I was just recently watching, I believe, it's a Forrest Gump. And of course, the infamous line that he says on that park bench. Oh, life is like a box of chocolates? Mm-hmm. Only he doesn't say that. He says life was like a box of chocolates. Nobody <laughs> remembers it that way. I, Nobody. I don't remember it that way at all. Not for a second. So of course, I went back and watched this film. And luckily, I'm not sure if you noticed this, Rob, but that, that movie comes on almost every weekend. Oh, well, I have on TV. Smart, so anything I want, I just order it up immediately. And oh, get okay. It. And, I, I, and that's how I check these things. And oh. I have ultra mm-hmm. high definition 70 inch screen TV, so I freeze stream it and I really stare at it to make sure that it's uh-huh. nice. But yeah, well, when you're researching, you got to do these, have these tools, you know. Yes, <laughs> that's it's, my. Experience. It's very important indeed. 
And that movie's great, by the way. That's a that's a favorite of mine. I'm not sure if you feel the same way. Oh, I loved it. I I, I still I still this movie to rewatch every few years. It's that good. It really holds up, right? Yes, it does. It really does. It's um timeless. This expression I use. Mm-hmm. I agree. And another another little one here is Muhammad Ali. Some people thought he died way before he actually did die. Well, when people disappear from public life, that's not uncommon. I mean, uh, there's been a few people I thought, you know, I'll see an actor and, I'd, and I'll say, oh, I thought they died because I hadn't seen them in 10 or 15 years. I and said I that. Just, I said that about uh, what's his name? Paxton, who passed away recently. Oh, me too. Bill yeah. Paxton. You, you, you said that, too. I thought, yes, I did it. I wow. <laughs> I thought he was dead. And you know what? I really like that guy. He's a great actor. Me too. Me too. And uh, I was I, I was shocked when I found out. I'm fairly young too, you know. He really did. Yeah. Which is sad. It, it really is sad. It, it's never good when these people pass away like that. And also uh, Shirley Temple, uh, another example of, of of someone who people believed had died a long time ago. Well, she was. She, I know she was an assemblywoman for the state of California for quite a while, and then after that, I lost track of her. Yep, that's that tends to happen. Yeah, it does. Well, you know, there's books you can buy, and it's whatever happened to who. And, of course, now you probably don't need to use books. You'll probably go on the Internet and do it instead. And I actually have done it myself a few times. It's so-and-so dead. Terrible thing to type in on something, isn't it? I mean, just to assume someone's dead because you haven't heard from them in a while. I mean, yes, it, it's pretty archaic. Yeah, it is, yeah. Someday someone's going to say that to me, and I'm going to be really ticked off. Oh, I know. <laughs> They're going to say, I thought, I thought Rob died. I thought you were dead. <laughs> and now I, I believe we have that caller finally on the line here. Sherry, yes. There you are. Yes, I'm so, the aliens would stop me, I'm telling you. Okay, perfect. Go ahead. I, I know you had something to say to Rob. Okay, Rob. Um, it's interesting, you know, all these uh, movies and logos and just like what, what uh, Michael was just saying about the movie being on, it does seem that these are being pushed in our face. Just like one of the Bee Gees songs had changed recently, and all of a sudden they were on an award show. And and um, it, it's, it's hard to tell if they're – it's like they're putting them to the forefront for us to notice. But I have to say this. When you break down the fact that – okay, like – I'm really into etymology and like logos. When you talk about the logos, that's like the aspect of Christ, like before he came to earth and stuff like this. And it's very obvious that the mainstream uh, propaganda or whatever is trying to push for this, for this, um, this end of days type scenario, you know, fallen angels and the apocalypse you have in your movie. If they, if, um, if you build it, they, he will come instead of they will come. And a lot of nefarious things like Cruella DeVille changed to devil from DeVille. And it almost seems like, um, someone's doing some kind of black magic with these computers or something to try to make it look like or to bring about like end of days. The bad thing is, is the, the Bible's changing. There's a lot of, there's some bad stuff in the Bible. I mean, I found the word piss. I found the word unicorn. I found them talking today. I, I was reading, they were talking about, um, like, uh, that we should eat each other's flesh and drink each other's blood. So, I mean, there's something going on with the Bible and for some reason no one else is seeing it. 
Well, actually, the Catholic Church, among other churches, believes in transubstantiation, the turning of the bread and the wine into the actual body and blood of Christ. So that's not a new concept. No, this was this was this is different. This is um man, I wish I had it with me because I had wrote a lot of them down. This was um not talking about the representation of Christ. It was talking about each other. Like they they have a lot of stuff in there that that has that has changed. There's scriptures showing that like Jesus is suicidal at some point, that Peter was cursing and swearing and there's a bunch of words that have changed, like wineskins is no longer there. It's changed to bottles, which they didn't even have bottles back then. The word penny is in there in terms of money, which there wasn't money back then. It was a penny and just a lot of stuff. Well, you know, I came across one in the Bible, too, that I thought was interesting. It's big on the Internet right now. It's the lion lies down with the lamb. Right. According to the Bible, it's not that at all. It's the wolf lying down with the lamb. And yet. Google images for lion lying down with a lamb, and you'll come up with tons of different paintings and artist conceptions of a lion lying down with a lamb. I was raised and told it was the lion lying down with the lamb, and the lion shall lie down with the lamb. And yes, Bible says the wolf is lying down with the lamb. It's like, what? And the wolf will dwell with the lamb. Right, and that, that's what I'm saying. It's just so nefarious, and I feel like uh it's, it's either really, it's you know, in, in the book of Daniel, it talks about, that, you know, in the end times that, you know, one will come that will try to change times and uh, all this stuff. And, I mean, I guess that's what they meant. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it seems to be working because if, if the Mandela effect is any sign of it, uh, it, it, uh, it, something, so my opinion is something is definitely going on. I'm trying to find a rational scientific explanation for it, but I don't rule out any possible explanations because I don't have the answers and I don't think anyone does at this point. Yeah, no, there's different theories out there like that, you know, we're being like, you know, mind control with sub- subliminal stuff, you know, like AI, stuff like that. And then, um, well, you know, all the theories, of course, but, um, it's just, it's just scary. For some reason, what I'm trying to say is that everything about it's really scary and nefarious. But then, at, in my heart, I don't feel afraid of it. You know. But I wanted what? to say. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead, please. Uh, I wanted to tell you one more thing, and I was going to let y'all continue with the show because because I know they know about this because I had called in. But I saw a UFO. I was in my swimming pool, and this big four and a half foot to five foot diameter orb thingy came down over my roof and was right in front of me. It was like two arm lengths away and it had a fire burning in the center and it just stayed right there. And I wasn't afraid, but I couldn't yell. And pretty soon I was like, Darby, Darby, that's my little girl. She happened to be coming home at that time and she walked around the corner with her boyfriend and she said, mom, I'm right behind you and I see it too. Well, then it floated up over the shed real slow and then it shot up into the sky and disappeared like an orange star within like one second it was gone. Okay, well, let me ask you a question about that. Do you think it was a supernatural um, visitation, or do you think it was something extraterrestrial or alien? Um, At first, I thought at first I thought it was alien, and then I started just talking to different psychic people that I know, and they were telling me that it was like a spirit guide. Then I started read, you know, and in 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 the Bible that talks about like the burning bush, Ezekiel's wheel, and all this, and you know, I'm I'm kind of. I don't know. I'm kind of liking William Henry's stuff, the ancient alien stuff. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe Jesus is an alien. Who knows? 
Well, that's the thing that the ancient alien proponents say, not about Jesus in particular, but that it's had a large effect on our civilization for millennia. Um, one word of advice, when you see something like that, form your own opinions and don't allow others to sway you too much from what you saw. Uh, you're the best judge of what you saw. And people after the fact will try to put a stamp on it. I've, I've had this happen time and time again. Even hypnos- uh, hypnosis, uh, sorry, hypnotists. Uh, will do this. They'll tr- they'll, they don't mean to even, they, but the power of suggestion is strong. If they say one word the wrong way, it can suggest to the person they come up with a false memory as a result. It's very tricky. I, I'm not much into hypnotism for that reason. But the same holds true with you. You saw something. Someone else saw something. Um, there are some reputable psychics out there, I'm sure. I know one, but it was Julie Saville, and she's very good. But be careful because you're the one who saw it and don't let anyone else try to rewrite what you saw for you. Yeah. Yeah. I just know it was a, a big ball with a fire burning in the center and I wasn't afraid like you would have thought I would have been. Like when I think back of it, I think I should have been afraid, but I wasn't afraid and it was really right there in my face. I think I would have been. <laughs> Didn't give me that kind of, that kind of, uh, vibe though. Vibe for me. <laughs> and yet, People often do encounter UFOs, and the end results are often quite tragic for them. Yes. And yeah. uh, so do be careful. I mean, I wouldn't run up and touch it either if I were you. You know, I'd keep a reasonable distance between you and it, whatever it is. Right. Well, I asked a lot of questions about it at the time, and I had people tell me it was a weather balloon. And, and I looked that up, and I could see where they could think that, but there was no ventilation holes for this. I mean, I saw I was right there, and it didn't have – uh it, it and this fire that was in the center looked like a camp, campfire without wood, and everything was like dead silent. But I was going to ask you if there was any noise. No, there was no noise anywhere. Did but, it look um, intelligent control to you? Did it look what? As if it were under intelligent control. To you. Definitely, because it it can't it floated down and then it just hovered right in front of my face, like it was supposed to be there for like about one to two full minutes. So we know that it can't be an airplane, a helicopter, a weather balloon, or uh, one of these hot air balloons people use paper bags with and light a candle under. And it's not a drone by any definition I've ever heard of. So it is a true UFO. You did witness a true UFO. And I suspect uh, that it probably was extraterrestrial. I don't think it was a spirit guide. If it been a spirit guide or something like that, wouldn't you suppose it would have tried to contact you or speak with you or at least communicate with you in some way? Um, yeah, but, I mean, I've had those kind of things happen, like, just in other ways, you know? Like, um, I guess you'd say in the dream state, but not, like, maybe out-of-body type experiences. But, it, you know, it didn't say it was that. Like, I just think when you, if you, do you know what a Merkabah is? Uh, no, I'm not familiar with that. I think it was a Merkabah. It's like when you, when, when, when an angel or spiritual entity is like, is like spinning around really fast, like to travel, it makes like this ball. Hmm. It's like, a, but, um, here's the thing is that, um, I kind of come to this conclusion that it's just my own, but I feel like there's beings out there. There's like spiritual beings and, like, say you go out of body or something and you experience these beings, you might see aliens or you might see angels, whatever it is that you interpret it as, as you know. But, um, I mean, I certainly hope they're not all bad. I mean, if, if I figure like humans, there's probably some good and some bad. 
Right. right? I, and I happen to agree with you completely on that. Whatever it is that is out there, I think there's more than one type. And I think there might be some that are good and some that are bad. One of the things I always ask people is, you know, people say, oh, the UFOs, there are space brothers. They're here to help us. And I said, well, when have they ever helped anybody? Have they ever shown a light into a forest to guide Hansel and Gretel out of the woods? Have they ever beamed someone out of a burning house? Has, is there one instance where anyone can say that they actually helped someone? Good point. Right. And I can't think of one, but I can think of many instance, uh, instances where they um, have hurt people, killed people. people. A lot of people died in UFO encounters. That's what most people don't realize. And damage to property, too. It's very common. And long-term illness and death is also more common than people realize. And disappearances are rife. And I'm not just talking about abductions. I'm talking about permanent uh, disappearances in the thousands every year. So, yeah, uh, if, if there are good aliens out there, um, I wish they would do a little more to stop the bad aliens, personally. And some people think that, that they have. But, I mean, I, you know, like I said, I don't know about that. With the, with that CERN, the Hadron Collider and stuff, they said that they've interfered. To, but, you know, no one really knows all that. You know, it's kind of like you say, you no, just have to go by just, what you experience. Right. We only have suppositions at this point. But um, we do have some evidence to suppose that CERN might be causing problems and or quantum computers might be, too. If they really are um, connecting with parallel universes, there could be side effects we're not aware of. You just don't move to universes without there being side effects, I'm guessing. And that could be the Mandela effect. Yeah, it's kind of like the grandfather thing. Like, you know, you can just wake up one day and be gone because, because yeah. something got changed that takes you out. The paradox, exactly, exactly. Yes. Or, actually, but now, I want to let – oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm just saying that just, just now say that it is possible to do that because if you go back in time and change something, you've created the parallel universe for that change to take place. Which one timeline is still intact? So you kill your grandfather, but oh, no. that timeline without them. Clever, huh? You're right. cutting in and out there, Rob. Am I? Yeah, Look, just a um, little bit. I wanted to, I didn't want to interrupt your show so much, Michael. I'm sure if I don't ever, if I don't ever call in, then you'll know that, uh, the aliens got me, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. No doubt. Um, um, all right. I'm going to talk to you later on tonight. No problem. Take care. Because I'm calling back for your quiz. Okay, oh, bye. God. Take care. Now, am I still oh, cutting no. in and out? Actually, now you're fine. Okay. I think it's probably because the other line was on. You see what I mean, Rob? There's always some sort of weird technical glitch going on here. I still think it's aliens. <laughs> you know, it, it might be. It really might be. <laughs> I'm kidding, but, you know, it just makes you wonder when it's happening, doesn't it? <laughs> I, oh, I know. I, I'm with you on that one. It's always I mean, fun. I believe most particularly, but I was on the Moors in England recently on uh, Dartmoor, and I had seen the movie with the book Count of the Baskervilles. And when you're alone at night walking in the Moors and hearing mm. words, mm-hmm. you wonder if there isn't something out there. Oh, I know, right? For sure. Um, Rob, let me let me try something here. I'm going to hang up on you quickly here, and I'm going to get you back on. Sure. See if that clears anything up here. Sure. All right, one second. Oh, yes, having a little bit of trouble here tonight, folks. I apologize greatly. Let's see if we could fix the line here. Get Rob back on here. Hello? And now you sound fine. Do I? <laughs> yeah, you sound great. Okay, let's hope that holds up for a while. Yes. So, Rob, before we get back into, I guess you could say, string theory, and the whole computer simu- simulated reality that we find ourselves in 
as you know, this universe is read in zeros and ones. Oh, it's, yeah, and that is a very intriguing thing to talk about, yes. Oh, yes. But before we do, I must ask you a, a little bit about the paranormal. As you know, I, I do enjoy talking about that sort of thing. Did you ever have any sort of paranormal experiences uh, growing up? Um, yes, I had a couple of, um, uh, <laughs> this is going to destroy all my credibility with anyone who has any scientific oh. but, uh, I did have a couple of, um, what I would call OBEs. And, oh, uh, interesting. Yeah. And, uh, but that's as far as it went and that was scary enough. But, uh, uh, you know, um, everyone has flying dreams. I, I, I notice most of us don't have them very often. And when we do have them, we really enjoy them. I think all of us like our flying dreams. Have oh, you had yeah. some? Oh, of course, of course. Those are the best ones. They are the best ones, but uh mine started out that way, and then I actually left the house, floated up through the ceiling, saw the roof of the house, sailed across the countryside. It was night. The moon was shining. I could see all the rooftops and the trees. And then suddenly I panicked, and bang, I was right back in my body. Now, was it just a very strange dream? <sighs> well, it had to have been at least a lucid dream, because for me it was a very, very I woke up convinced that it had happened. And then it happened one more time a few years later, the same sort of thing. Uh, I can't, you know, the trouble with the paranormal is you can't quantify it. You can't objectify it. It's, was it just a dream, a very real dream, or did it really happen? I can't say. For me, it seemed very, very real. That's all I can say. Yes. And you also cover a little bit on the subject of black-eyed children and speaking of which, I believe there was some sort of some sort of a woman recently who was arrested, and she had the whole um, tattoo, the, the tattoo, the whole black, the whole blackened ink tattoo on the eyes there. So she was scaring the hell out of a few people. That's kind of funny. <laughs> it is actually kind of funny. Yeah, um, black-eyed children is a phenomena that many people think is just an urban legend that started up on the internet. And um, these things do happen. I mean, we do get this sort of thing happening all the time. But on Coast to Coast, there was a man who called in absolutely frantic and talked about the black-eyed children uh, stealing his mind, his memory. And uh, I thought this was interesting because he um, insisted that they were forcing him to travel back and forth through time. And every time he made a swing, as he called it, uh, he lost more of his memory, lost more of himself. And he was afraid that he would eventually his personality would just disappear completely since he would have no memory of anything left. And that was that was convincing because he sounded like he really believed and meant it. But we don't have a lot of evidence for black-eyed children. Most of it's anecdotal. And uh, But there are people who claim to have seen them, inter- they, they have interacted with them, that they appear at the age 6 to 16 approximately. Uh, they're usually um, like hitchhiking in trouble and need help or are willing to offer help. That's the other version. And that when they do, bad things happen. And uh, it's, is it real? I don't know. At this point in time, I have to withhold that judgment because the evidence doesn't seem to be compelling enough. Absolutely, it is real, but there seems to be evidence to indicate it could very well be. I shot you a link, by the way, of that, that woman's mugshot. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Apparently, I, apparently she was. Yes. I wonder what went through her through her head when she got that tattooed. Uh, you wonder if it's coherent was head at the time, don't you? I mean, well, she got tattoos all over her face as well, so there's that. Yeah, some 
people just really love their tattoos. I'm not one of them. I think a few are sufficient. Also, as someone once said, if you want to see what a tattoo looks like on you when you're a lot older, just <laughs> a really old man with a tattoo, and you'll get a darn good idea of what that thing is going to look like in about 20 or 30 years. You know, I just don't get the whole facial tattoo thing. It's just very odd to me. I, I think you probably have some sort of mental illness when you start tattooing your face. Well, it's all a matter of what we're used to and what we feel comfortable with. I'm not particularly comfortable with uh, man buns, you know, hair Oh, that's another strange occurrence I see every now and then. <laughs> I'm waiting for the he-hive, you know, when they the <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. So, Rob, you, ne- you never had long hair? You never rocked the man bun, Rob? Is that what you're telling me here? I never. I had longer hair, of course, in the 70s and early 80s and had it styled. You were a hippie, Rob? Is that what you're telling me? No, I wasn't a hippie. I was just trying to look like a hippie. You know how you talk? Ah, okay. My brother was a hippie. The canary yellow navy. My brother really was. Ah, it's so funny. I was a passionate thinker. I always liked to pursue logic and rationality. I would arrive at answers that way. The other way, you can't arrive at any. I mean, how can you? If you just no ground to stand on. How can you know where you are learning if nothing has any solidarity to it? Which very well may be the case, because now quantum physics is saying that reaches the truth. Perhaps the life's thing. <laughs> I mean, at least as far as trying to rationalize things for reasons out, never know. Oh my! I mean, if, if this is a simulation, all of it's wrong. Right, and that was very difficult to try to follow you there, Rob. I'm cutting in and out once again. I don't know what the problem is. I've never had this problem before. I'm holding the microphone now right in front of me, so I'm hoping that helps. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's that. I think it's probably just the Internet. Mm. Yeah, but, but I'm blasting because I have it like six inches from my mouth right now. No, you're good. You, you sound fine. But okay. Yeah, you're good. Uh, another strange thing that people often ask me is about the moon, and I know you've written extensively about the moon yourself. Let's talk a little bit about that here, Rob. The moon is strange. In fact, many scientists, many famous scientists will tell you that. In fact, one famous astronomer, a cosmologist, actually said it would be easier to explain the non-existence of the moon than to explain the fact of its existence. It's an anomalous thing. It's it's too large for the Earth. Its orbit is too circular for the Earth. Its um, surface is weird. The top three layers of soil are in reverse order, with the densest on the top and the lightest underneath. The astronauts found that when they dug. It's also extremely hard. They were bouncing off the moon and trying to drill sample cores, uh, core samples from it. Uh, there are maria on our side of the moon facing us, those large dark areas that we see on the other side of the moon. There's not uh, the... Uh, uh, it's not oh, no. So, uh, there's also there's titanium in the Oh, we're really losing you there, Rob. I don't know what's going on. Oh, no. Yeah, you are cutting in and out really badly now. It's it's very choppy. Hmm. It's that damn Internet, I tell you. I'm not sure what it is because I've not had a problem with this before. I'm not sure what to do about it. <laughs> it well, it, it happens. It happens, Rob, especially when you're doing a live program. Sometimes the Internet is not your friend, but, of course, the moon is very strange. The 
orbit, of course, as you mentioned, is is very odd. And the only other planet I believe that does does that weird circular type of orbit is Venus, correct? Uh, Venus has a very circular orbit as well. And uh, a noted um, author on the subject, Velikovsky, doesn't think that Venus is always here for that reason. He thinks it's an interloper from out system. Yes. So now, are you cutting out still, or are you getting me at all now? I'm hearing you slightly better, but yeah. Cutting in and out there, but yes, it's been, it's been very difficult to try to hear you at times here, but doing the best I can. Well, I'm still here. <laughs> awesome. Well, I mean, as long as you can hear me, I'm, I'm glad. I, you're fine. I don't know why you can't hear me. I have not, that's one problem I haven't had before. Uh, it's Skype, a camera, webcam, microphone on, uh, same as always. It may be that it might be the internet, uh, late at night sometimes. Especially on the weekend, uh, I have time on the cable. Uh, it's not Spectrum, but uh, they'll do maintenance work and they can interfere with the signal. And now I hear you fine. Hmm. I'm telling you, it's very odd tonight. It's never usually like this. Um, like this for, uh, I guess you could say for about five, ten minutes straight now that we've been talking here. Yeah, it's been ten minutes. And, and yeah, you've been a little choppy here. But again, that's just... I wonder if it is for your listeners, too. I I wonder they haven't even they haven't even said anything and I'm getting bombarded with emails again. I'm looking at my phone light up every five seconds and that's pretty distracting. You want to answer some of them? Oh uh, no, I I don't want to even look at my phone. Oh, I thought you liked when people called in or asked questions. Oh well, that's a different that's a different thing here. Oh. Yeah, different lines here, different lines. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. You're the expert, not me on that sort of thing. Yeah, don't worry. It's just, it's just. No, um, but the moon is very strange. We don't know what really is causing the moon to behave the way the moon is behaving. Uh, we we can't account for why it's so far from the Earth that it's so perfect for um, the uh, solar eclipse. We can't account for the fact that. Um, Strange lights are seen on the moon uh, all the time. In fact, NASA commissioned a report on transient lunar phenomena that dates back five centuries. So this is their own report. It's in public domain. You can look it up on the Internet. And it talks about streaks, flashes, glows, lightning, mist, clouds, uh, beacons, things tracking across the surface. This is one of the 500 years Oh no, we are losing you again, Rob. You are sorry. It's like you're you're going underwater, Rob. Well, <laughs> it's like you're getting, it's like you're getting dunked underwater. Glued to the microphone. <laughs> from it right now. <laughs> oh my! Yeah, it's the internet. It's it's not your microphone, Rob. Yeah, I can't even imagine what's causing that. To be honest, <laughs> I have had it where people uh, had a bad connection. Had yeah, let, let me let me call you back in a second here. Let's see if that fixes anything. Wow, I've never had that much trouble before during an interview. The last time I remember having this sort of thing was when I interviewed Jordan Maxwell. Wow, not sure why it's acting this way, folks. It's unusual to say the least here. Let's see what our boy Rob has to say here. And Rob, you're back on. Yep. Can you hear me? And now you sound fine. Again, for a few minutes, right? Yes, for a few minutes. But going back to NASA, uh, 11, 11 humans have walked on the surface. Yet it's been, what, 41 years now since we went out there on the moon? 
Yeah, that's another interesting thing. Why haven't we been back? We keep talking about Mars. Mars, excuse me. Mars is planning a trip to the, uh, uh, NASA's planning a trip to Mars. Word. And, uh, but nobody is going to the moon. It's really strange. Yeah, why is that? Why aren't we going to the moon? Mm-hmm. Why, why, why? And, uh, it's because some people, including the astronaut Gordon Cooper, who thinks we were warned off the moon, that we weren't supposed to be there, at least not in person. Mm, that's what I heard too. But nobody else seems to be putting anything on the moon. China managed to put a rover on there and it lasted a few hours and then it stopped functioning. And, uh, India has satellites in, or a satellite in orbit, and, but nobody seems to want to land on the moon. What's the big deal? We did it back in 1969, I think it was. Right. And, uh, uh, why haven't, surely our technology has advanced much further. They keep talking about how the average, um, uh, Pocket calculator now is superior to the computers that were on board the Apollo 11 mission. So everything else must have improved tremendously in the last four or five decades. So what? Oh, there you're coming in and out again. It's not me, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. I'm purpose of talking and stopping and talking and stopping. <laughs> That's so funny. But you know, some people believe it's a starship as well. Which is an uh, interesting theory. Two Soviet Academy uh, scientists, they came up with the spaceship moon theory. And they believed, they're the ones who originally came up with the idea because the moon has a very low density. It's too low for its size. So several scientists said there's the disturbing thought might be wrong. And these two scientists came up with the idea that it was a spaceship that was designed to look like a spaceship or an actual spaceship. And you're and you're cutting off again there, Rob. I'm, I'm sorry. And it's, it was 12 humans who walked on the surface, not 11. But yeah, I but I, I just thought, oh, Apollo 11 and 11 astronauts total. What a strange coincidence. You know? mm-hmm. Yes, I I read that wrong here. I was I was <laughs> looking at something else here. But yes, it, it's it's very unusual that we haven't been to the moon in so long. And of course, some people even say. The moon is made out of cheese. I hope it's camembert. That's my favorite. I mean, me too. I, I really do wish it was made out of cheese, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling it would disappear in a hurry if it was. Right. Uh, by the way, there's another moon in the solar system that also is might be hollow as well, and that's Phobos, a moon of Mars. Right. And so. speaking of Mars, do you actually think we're going to get there? Oh, yeah. Some people don't even think we we went to the moon. I'm, I'm sure you heard plenty of those theories, too. Well, yeah, but, you know, what they they overlooked the times that this took place in. There, was, uh, there wasn't mobile phones. Everyone had to be a ham radio operator who wanted to do anything like that. And they could triangulate the signals they were getting from the moon, and they did. There's no doubt that the communications were coming from the surface of the moon. So that tells you right there they had to have made it to the moon somehow. And secondly, uh, Russia, the Soviet Union of the time, along with China, uh, would gladly have exposed America as having perpetrated a hoax because they're in a deadly space race with us. And the fact that they did not tells us that it wasn't a conspiracy because they would have unmasked it for sure. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm not someone who doesn't believe we have never gone to the moon I definitely feel like we've been there for sure. 
Oh, I, I have no doubt because they left things behind on the moon we're using. We have a reflector for a laser beam that tells us how far the moon is moving away from the Earth every year. Now, somebody had to put that there. Who did it? If That's it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and also, you can see the lander from space and satellite photos orbiting the moon have shown it. So it's there. Yeah, you could still see you could still see that yourself. So it's uh, I have no we went to the moon. Uh, the big question is why haven't we gone back? Yeah, that's the real question there. And it's uh, I think personally it's because it's not safe to go back. I I would have to imagine so. You've written about the possibility of I guess lunar structures on the moon, correct? Uh, yes, there seem to be quite a few of them, and we have good evidence that in NASA photographs, they've been airbrushed out by members of NASA, people who work there themselves saying this, not just one, but several people. And uh, there was an interview with one scientist at NASA, and on his desk, by sheer accident, he had photographs laid out, just sprawled there, and the reporter took a photo of it, and it showed the photo in the photo of what looked like a fortress or base on the moon. And so this sort of stuff just goes on and on. I, I think there's ample evidence to say that somebody's on the moon, and I don't think it's us. Right. The moon is something just so fascinating. We could we could discuss the moon for hours, to be honest with you, but we are limited in time here, so I'm going to have to quickly move along here and ask you about Antarctica. Why is it that so many different... World leaders, politicians, and religious figures went out there, Rob. Why is that? Yeah. Uh, if I had an answer for that, I'd probably have a few million dollars. Uh, <laughs> something is going on in Antarctica. Too many people, too many famous people have been going there uh, very recently. Uh, and, and, and the oddest people, too, in some cases. Um, and you're wondering why all of a sudden, it's, yes, you would expect this to happen a period of few decades. I mean, now that someone famous want to go to Antarctica, but why all this suddenly in the last two years? So that's the weird thing. Yeah. In the last two years, we get Oh, no, Rob. We, we just lost you there at the end. Did you? Yes. In my back now? Mm, slightly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Fighting a losing battle it was a battle back and forth there, Rob, trying to trying to convey your message there. Mm. I just wonder if the listeners are hearing it the same way. I believe they are now. I believe I, I got a message here on, on Skype that said something about it being choppy. Mm. It, it, I can't I can't account for it because uh, right, it's just an internet issue, I believe. It, well, you and I are hearing you. Well, I'm hearing you fine. Hmm. And so it's not my when end. You called me earlier. There was no problem, if you remember. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's got to be an internet thing. That or just Skype hates us today, Rob. And it does sometimes. It does. Yeah, you're right. But <laughs> but you know, going back to Antarctica, just strange enough, Admiral Richard Byrd, the explorer, actually flew out there to the North Pole. I think back in 1947, I believe it was. And I hope I'm not pulling that number out of my proverbial backside there, but he claimed to have encountered a race of intelligent beings out there, and they were living in cities. You know, I have watched his original interviews, and I never saw that said. I saw him talking about a vast area that was not covered with ice. He wrote about this in his journal. 
Ah, uh, okay, okay. Because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and and, and 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 there has been some question as to whether the journal is authentic. That's another. Th- yeah, see, that's another thing. There's all these these romantic theories and notions out there, but we never know how true and valid these things really are. No, but we do know the Nazis were very interested in Antarctica for some reason. They really were, yeah. They really and were. we also know that all of a sudden, in the last year, a lot of other people seem to be very interested in Antarctica as well. Why? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Why exactly is everyone going out there? I believe Buzz Aldrin was out there, out there too. Mm-hmm. So there, there is, um, enough circumstantial evidence to make one wonder what's going on. And there must be something going on. Exactly what, I'm not sure. But something out of the ordinary must be causing this effect. We live in a universe of possibilities. And sometimes probabilities. Right, right. I just always say this this um, world is a mysterious place and life itself is a mystery. I, I think it's true. I, I think about that every day. What is your opinion on life in general? Well, my opinion on life... That that's a very that's a very deep question there, Rob. And you raised it. <laughs> I know, and I'm I'm glad you brought that up because my whole perspective on life is basically to to love yourself first of all, love your family and love everyone around you, Rob. Everyone that you interact with is my perspective on on life. Just loving yourself and loving your family and loving your friends. And just trying to be as positive as you can be to those around you. Because, Rob, as you know, these are just such troubled times that we live in. And I myself, I'm not married and I don't have a child in this world. And I think about all these sort of things going on in the world. And and I think to myself, I don't want to bring a child into this world. I, I, I'm kind of like Bill Nye today, to be honest. I was going to say, you sound like Bill Nye. I was, yeah, I was just going to say, now I sound like Bill Nye. My God. Okay, well then maybe what he said wasn't so terribly wrong then, was it? No, I, I didn't say he was, he was terribly wrong. I just thought perhaps if he put it in, in a much more nicer, friendly, friendlier way, perhaps the, the media wouldn't have chastised them the way they did. Uh, so if you sugarcoated the pill, the exact, bitter pill. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, possibly. Mm-hmm. But again, he's a scientist, not a diplomat. Exactly. He's going to give us the facts. And it's sometimes unsugarcoated. Mm-hmm. And as you know, sometimes the truth hurts. Yes, it can be quite painful, especially if you look in the mirror and realize you gained weight. You've been lying to yourself about that. <laughs> oh, I hate that, right? I think we all hate that. Yeah, it's terrible. Truly terrible. And Rob, I know we are coming to a close here, but tell us about your, your latest book quickly here. Well, my latest book is, um, there's two actually, Time Travel Invasion and also, um, uh, <laughs> my mind is blanking. <laughs> Invader Moon, I'm sorry, Invader Moon. <laughs> yes. And Invader Moon is a follow up to the Hollow Moon Theory book, For the Moon is Hollow and Aliens Rule the Sky. But the time travel invasion one is my personal favorite because it really goes into depth about time travel and the possibilities of it and if it's already happened and the Mandela effect in depth as well. Oh, yes. And also we kind of didn't, well, we didn't cover the Indigo Children. That was 
first started in the 1970s by a woman, and I can't think of her name offhand. I had it a little while ago and lost it. It happens, yes. And uh, she said she had synesthesia as a child, and it resulted in her being able to get horrors. And some children had indigo horrors. And there's now a list of things that you can check to see if you might be an indigo child. And there's the question as to whether they're a new hybrid of humans, the next thing coming after humans, or whether they're um, part in humans. And the first Oh, no. And, Rob, we officially lost you there. Oh, did you? Oh, I was saying I had synesthesia <laughs> child as well. It's it's rare, but not completely rare. Uh, but it goes away normally when you're about six or seven. It has to do with the brain finally getting hardwired. They they think. But uh, I oh no, Rob. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again, Rob. It, it seems like every time you get into a little flow there, you you slowly start fading away. It's amazing. I can't figure it out. It's really odd. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's been happening so often here, which I thought wouldn't happen again after I called you. I was just wondering if maybe I'd switch microphones that might help you. Hang on just one sec. Sure. Uh-oh. Rob fixing his microphone here, folks. Oh, okay. You could hear me at all out of the other one. Okay, so I'm on the right microphone. I just thought maybe I was on the wrong microphone. I'm on the camera microphone rather than the headset microphone. Oh, you were sounding good for a second there. Oh, when? Now. <laughs> <laughs> After we're closing up here, now now you sound fine. I'm sure all the listeners are just loving all of this. Oh, they? I'm sure they're they're laughing and enjoying the program. I'm sure because it's more realistic this way now. Now they're seeing the trouble it it really is to conduct a live program. Well, yeah, for you. <laughs> yeah, but they're seeing you know they're seeing I how sausage is made. I have to deal with that. But, uh, oh, although yes. I guess I do have to deal with it since I'm the one having to talk. You can't hear me, right? Right. It's okay, Rob. Well, I'm going to have to bring you back on. Yeah, maybe we can get a better internet connection. Yeah, well, we'll definitely do that. But, Rob, go ahead and uh, plug your book and, and your website. Okay. Well, my website is simple. It's robshelsky at blogspot.com, and you can find everything about me you want to there. And my book is Time Travel Invasion, and I think it's well worth a read if you're interested in it at all. Oh, yes, and I think many people are. Well, I hope so, because I want the books to sell. <laughs> of course. Definitely got to sell that book. So there you go, folks. Rob Shelsky and a great guest. Rob, I do want to thank you for being on the program, and we'll definitely touch base again in the near future. Yeah, and I'm so sorry, Michael, that it wasn't a better connection. Well, that that happens. It, it's Skype. And I thank you for being on the show. It was an honor. Oh, the honor and pleasure is all mine, my friend. <laughs> all right, Not Rob. Really. <laughs> All right, Bob. I'll I'll talk to you again soon here. You have a good evening, sir. All right. Good night, buddy. Good night. Take care. And that was Rob Shelsky, ladies and gentlemen. Great guest. I apologize once again for the terrible connection there. Obviously, it was Skype. I'm sorry. That sort of thing does happen every now and then. But here we are again, boys and girls. Episode 31 in the books. And now I believe it is that time to go on a little break here. And when I return, I'm going to be going over the Michael Jackson case. Yes, I know. He was acquitted on all charges. I know. I know that very well. And I have lots of faith 
in the way the court system is set up and works. However, I know it's not perfect. Just look at O.J. Simpson and various others out there who have deluded and decoiled their ways into the innocence. I invite you all to help and participate tonight. You are all welcome to call in here after I return. That number is 760-332-8947 or 760-332-8724 or on Skype, end of days, Mike. Welcome back to the program. Hi. Always so nice to see so many of you still locked in. Thank you for being here with me tonight yet again. That bathroom break was extra long, right? It was glorious as usual. I enjoyed the music. I seriously get lost in it sometimes. I apologize if I took too long there. A bit of a rough start here tonight, right, folks? Wow. My first guest was having all sorts of issues there. I'm not sure if that was... The internet connection, or perhaps it was the CIA. Oh God, I hope not. I kid, I, I, I'm just joking. I know that's not what it really was, but here we are yet again, boys and girls, episode 31. We did it, we survived. Heaven will be raining bullets soon, I'm afraid. My goodness, what a week it's been as usual. We saw North Korea acting up again, defiant as always. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm not going to give you the old doom and gloom. I'll just say, remain positive, folks. Something good will come. Also, interesting enough, kind of ironic, really, I had quickly glanced over some sort of news article here about Donald Trump having six months left to decide whether he will block the release of an estimated 3,000 600 files related to the assassination of JFK that are still under under the seal at the archives out there. I believe the deadline was set in 92. Kind of ironic that we were just talking about that on the last program with James. He graced us with his presence. We went down the cosmic rabbit hole here. That was truly an insightful interview. Quite controversial it was. Go to michaeldeacon.com if you missed that interview. It was really good. We went over the JFK assassination. It's a really, really interesting, that case out there in Dallas. My goodness, one of the most popular conspiracy theories, JFK. Go check that out. Also, I wanted to mention here, please donate if your heart desires. There's a PayPal donate button on the right-hand side of your screen there if your little heart desires. 
Go ahead and kick a few dollars in. I don't want to end up like Cumulus Radio now. They are reached by 245 million people out there through various stations, yet NASDAQ has threatened to once again stop trading their shares. I believe they have fallen below $1 in value. Let that sink in now. Terrible, right? Don't let this program end up like that. I would love to make a profit one day. Don't want to end up like them. Let me remind all of you great folks out there that this is a call-in show. You are more than welcome to jump in here whenever you feel like it. That number is 760-332-8947 or 760-332-8724. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Lots to get into here tonight, folks. Lots to get into here. You know, this next segment that I was going to get into here, folks, I know it's going to bother a number of you out there. It's not a very popular thing. At least in my mind, it isn't. Now, I've been asked about this for a very, very long time now, folks. A very long time. There's lots and lots of questions still, at least in my opinion, about the one and only Michael Jackson. Oh, yes. The case against Michael Jackson. The alleged sexual abuse. Quite, whoa, sorry about that. Quite terrible, really. It really is quite terrible, folks. And a little backstory here. Little backstory here, folks. Before I even get into this, I, I gotta tell you folks, I've always been a big fan of Michael Jackson for a long, long time. Like many of you out there listening, I'm sure. I'm sure you guys were big fans at one time. Or I'm sure many of you are still fans of Michael Jackson and there's nothing wrong with that. There really isn't. I still think he's one of the greatest musicians that ever lived, in my opinion. What do you think? Do you hold him up to that regard? I do. He's talented. Great singer. He could dance. He could do it all, it seemed. But yes. Is his legacy tarnished? What do you think? I know many of you out there love him. You guys are huge fans. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. Originally, I was emailed a link to a video on YouTube. I was told to go over this sort of thing. This, this video, rather. And I did. It's called the Michael Jackson rebuttal, if anyone is curious. And this individual who was making this video, he has, I think he's probably wearing a wig. I'm not quite sure. I think he might be wearing a wig. But in, in the, in this video, he's dressed like Michael Jackson and he's going all, he's going over, um, various things here. And it was quite interesting, really. He, he made a pretty good, good argument every now and then. Sure. I give him that. Nothing, nothing wrong with that, really. However, I didn't really like, I didn't really like the way he presented himself completely, though. He was kind of going, kind of going crazy there at times. Yelling and cursing. It was hard to really understand him clearly. And I'm not sure, maybe people like that. I think that's part of his gimmick where he just goes nuts. Some people are into that thing, uh, into that kind of thing. I myself, I'm not really into that sort of thing. I'm not sure. However, this guy was speaking a mile a minute and, and like I said, cursing every other word. I'm not sure if, if you're into that sort of thing, but I couldn't really make it past the first five minutes, but I, I, I really had to 
uh, do a few tries there. I had to stop and leave the room for a minute and then go back and watch the video again. Uh, yeah, it was kind of tough. And in my perspective, it didn't really help me think that Michael Jackson was entirely innocent. When you got the best team of lawyers, you can get away with murder. Do I need to get into detail about that, or do you catch my drift? Yeah, I think you do. So, tonight I'll be going over the Michael Jackson scandal. I have looked at this this case here. I've looked at the accusatory instrument. But before I do, I want to leave you with this question yet again. Do you believe Michael Jackson is really innocent? Let that sink in. Okay. Understood. This isn't a courtroom, I know that. I know you out there know that. However, I do want you all to weigh in on this, if you are brave, that is. So, the lines are open. If anyone is brave out there and want to talk about this sort of thing, it's cool. Or else I'll just talk about this by myself here and seem crazy if anyone happened to walk by and see some person on a microphone talking to themselves in a room. I guess you kind of have to be crazy to do a, a talk show. And I knew you were going to call in. Hey, I was trying to wait until, you know, you were those pauses were so... They're dramatic, I know. Yes, I really, I, I was impressed with that. Those I like are, that. Those are cliffhangers, I know. <laughs> I was adding some dramatic pauses there, the pregnant pauses, I know. It was, it was good stuff. Yes, yes, very much so. Um, yes, I'm not, okay. I haven't even <laughs> begun yet, and here you are. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to ask you. You know, I was trying to find out if you wanted me to wait a little while. I was going to let you go over your stuff first. You want me to call back? Yes, just I will. call back in, in a moment here. What, tell me, just, why don't you tell me when just, to call in? Just wait, just wait about five minutes and then just call in. That sounds great. Yeah, wait five minutes okay. and then call in. Go ahead. All right, All I'm, right. I'm ready to hear what you got to say. Thank right. you. Bye-bye. My goodness. So, yes, I know. This was a hellacious case. A hellacious scandal. It was horrifying. It was mortifying. It wasn't good. It wasn't pretty. It was quite hideous. Now, perhaps you think Michael Jackson is completely innocent of any wrongdoings. Perhaps you think Michael Jackson is as guilty as O.J. Simpson. Don't be afraid to call in. I definitely want to hear from all of you out there. So don't just sit there behind your keyboards or cell phones or... Whatever it is, come on in and step it up. Let's hear some conviction. Let's hear some backbone. Let us not be repeated flip-floppers like those we see in the mainstream media. That number, once again, is 760-332-8724 or 760-332-8947. Don't be shy. Now everyone can join in here. Step it up, boys and girls. Like I said, before I really get into this, let me give you some background as I was trying to say earlier, but I was I was getting um getting a bit of a brain fart there, but now I'm I'm back on course here. I'm fully awake here, fully conscious here. I'm ready to do this. So some background here folks into my very unusual experience with the King of Pop, Michael Jackson. This has been a very strange and unusual phenomena with me. It's um been going on for the past four or five years now, folks, and I'll go into my local mall, and I don't really go there very often at all. I remember the first time I even walked in there, and 
I'm walking through this place with all those screaming kids. Oh, yeah, all the crying and screaming going on. I make it towards the middle of the mall, and suddenly I hear Michael Jackson playing. Could it be just the playlist selected? Someone just happened to like Michael Jackson, and they just threw that in there? It was on the playlist? Is that what happened? Well, this sort of thing has been happening repeatedly now. Those who know me for for a very long time now, they know for a fact that I'm not making this up. Even at an airport, they were playing his music. His music will just randomly go off now, no matter where I'm at. It seems like it seems like I'm I'm almost the one making this happen in some bizarre way. I'm not even kidding. I'm not joking, and I and I could and I could get people in here who can verify this. I really can. It, it's the strangest thing. So that's a little insight, and it's been going on for years now, guys. For years, no one can deny that Michael Jackson was one of the greatest musicians, if not the greatest musician of all times. Like I said, he was insanely talented. The guy was a musical genius. I believe Thriller sold a staggering 65 million copies which still remains the best-selling album of, of all times. And like I said earlier as well, however, was his legacy tarnished? We all watched that movie made for television, that The Jacksons and American Dream. I, I recall that's the name of that. The Jacksons and American Dream. Yeah, that's that's the name of, of the um, movie there that was made for television. I believe it was, it was two episodes... It was a two-episode series with a total audience of 38.3 million viewers. A, a huge success for the ABC network. My God. And I know a lot of you out there, I know you guys saw that. You you must have. I can't count how many times I've seen it. That damn Joe Jackson. He did a number on those kids. He really pushed those kids hard. And I don't believe that movie did any justice on how hard he really was on those kids. I believe the Jackson 5 had a very grueling touring schedule as well, right from the start. That goddamn Joe Jackson, from my understanding, he really abused those children. And Michael, he psychologically and physically abused his family. We all know Michael didn't have a normal childhood. He was forced to grow up fast, right? I'm led to believe his father and brothers are responsible for Michael's mental state. And on a quick side note here, folks, there is a new Michael Jackson film in the works. And I'm curious, are you? I know I am. I'll be watching that for sure. Now let's get down to brass tacks. The original claims against the singer surfaced in 1993 when a 12-year-old boy from California charged that Jackson molested him on numerous occasions at the performer's Neverland Ranch and, of course, in hotels. The child's claims were detailed in a sworn declaration and a copy of which you'll find at, I believe it's the Smoking Guns website. You can find all of that there. And, my goodness, reportedly he got this this thing uh, settled out of court for more than $15 million. Let that sink in. Mm-hmm. That case was quickly settled out of court, reportedly for $15 million. Let me say that one more time. $15 million for that problem to go away. And I've seen the accusatory instrument. 
And these were some serious, salacious allegations, I must, I must add. Both parties signed the confidential, confidentiality agreement promising, of course, not to talk about the case or the settlement. And of course, I'm talking about the Chandler family now, folks. Do you remember that? Evan Chandler, the boy's father, would commit suicide, and I believe that was 2009. Hopefully I'm not getting my facts screwed up here. That's pretty crazy, right? Again, this is all just my opinion, folks. Just one man's opinion, that's all. Again, this has always been a bit of a red flag for me. And I saw another red flag way before this. As soon as I saw footage of him and Emmanuel Lewis, that was that was another red flag. That's always been bizarre, strange, and unusual in all the wrong ways. Do you recall that? He was asked to go to the Grammys by Brooke Shields, and he ends up taking Emmanuel Lewis with him. Like I said, to me that is strange and should have been a red flag for anyone in the 80s. Now moving forward in time, Michael spent a lot of time with this boy and his sister, and in November 2003, Jackson would again face molestation charges when Santa Barbara investigators raided his home, seeking evidence to support claims from another teenager that had been abused by the pop star. Again, Jackson was not convicted of any of these allegations, I, I must say. Like I said, this is just, just one man's opinion. I, I know he wasn't found guilty in court. I, I know that. But all these things, it, it's just very odd and strange. Again, paying off families. It just doesn't look good. It just doesn't look right. It doesn't mean he's guilty, I, I know. But of course, when you have money, you can afford the best lawyers. And of course, when you have money, you can just make these things sort of go away. If you are really curious, I remind you that you can look up the court, the court's uh, transcripts online for even more gruesome details that are pretty damning. Even if a jury acquitted Jackson of all charges, the trial did include testimony from witnesses who told of Jackson's longtime history for sharing his bed with young boys. Who really does that though? I don't have any kids and I still wouldn't let your kids sleep in a bed with Michael Jackson or any other full-grown adult for that matter. Michael Jackson clearly abused those children. Clearly in my, in my mind he did. Pretty screwed up, right? He groomed those kids. And that's my entire basis, folks. I'm not even a parent and I still feel so strongly about this. Who in the right mind would allow their child to sleep in a bed with a grown man? And what kind of man would sleep in a bed with a child? It's just wrong. Again, he was acquitted on all charges, but people were paid off. He paid off a number of people. In his final days, it was said that he was paranoid about someone wanting to kill him and someone wanting to take his estate. Now, the only people after his estate are his own family. Look it up. Catherine Jackson, Michael Jackson's mom. She attempted to secure a restraining order against her nephew, Trent Jackson, after claims he abused, was mentally abused, rather, by Michael, and claims all sorts of crazy things here, folks. And I believe that was reported by TMZ. I'm trying to remember exactly. I should have brought that up before I even mentioned it. But yes, Catherine Jackson, another another figurehead 
It just seems like this family has always been after money in one way or another. And this friend Jackson, I, I guess he manipulated Miss Jackson so much. These are in, quota- in quotation marks here. I, I forgot to mention here. Trent has manipulated Miss Jackson so much and preyed on her known kindness that whenever the police arrive or efforts to press elder abuse charges, she ultimately recants or changes her mind. I guess that that's what it says here. Apparently, Trent, who was originally hired to be Catherine's personal driver, was ordered to stay a hundred yards away from Catherine and vacate the guest house where he was living. That family just seems slightly off. Just seems weird, don't you think? That entire family. Michael Jackson had a long time history of these strange relationships with young boys as well. It's not, it's not get away from that. That in itself is bizarre in my opinion. I believe there was some sort of claim now by Radar, Radar Online from a woman who also had stepped forward claiming that Michael paid her, I think it was somewhere like 900000 for her to be silent. I know I won't really discuss that too much because I didn't really go into to detail on that one, but some people believe that. It's kind of unusual, though. I don't know what to think in terms of if Michael molested this this one here. And it's just, all of this is very unusual. And if you remember also... I think it was Radar Online, once again, who was one of the first to publish a leaked dossier of um, police evidence collected by um, the authorities out there at Neverland Ranch back in 2003. And I, I guess they found all sorts of weird and strange things like S&M collages of, of children's faces pasted on adult bodies and other deranged material. And apparently these books weren't illegal or anything like that. However, who else collects these sort of, these sort of things? I think they're, they are even, um, categorized as, uh, child erotica. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm not sure. I just believe that's what it was uh, labeled as. Weird, right? Lots of strange and unusual things popped up out there. Lots of graphic DVDs and computer files also found on his laptop. And of course, I'm well aware that they were sued. Because some of these files weren't authentic. However, the ones on sites like the smoking, smoking gun are still up and running strong without any kind of defacing. By the way, the names of those books are The Boy. Yeah, it's called The Boy, which is kind of unusual in itself. Once again, a photographic essay, which allegedly is by two well-known pedophiles. Of course, most of these books features uh, nude boys. Who else looks at this kind of crap, really? You can call it artistic all you want, but my eyes don't see anything close resembling art here. And of course, there was another photograph that was found there of someone he knew named Jonathan Spence. Of course, some people claim that that photograph never existed. However, Michael's attorney, in fact, did know it existed and argued that it shouldn't be allowed to be entered as evidence. Yikes. It's really sick stuff, right? If you're wondering why he got away with all this stuff, well, it's not exactly illegal to own naked photos of children unless they are classed as child pornography. Apparently, that's what it says here in this thing, on this article. That's just that's just weird, right? Wow. Money can really buy your way out of anything.
Apparently in 2005, there were a ton of nudist magazines everywhere. He was really into that. Michael seemed to be obsessed, very obsessed with relationships with these young boys. Emmanuel Lewis, Jonathan Spence, Sean Lennon, I think I'm saying his name right there. Wade Robinson, another guy, Wade Robinson, wow. And of course, Jordan Chandler and Brett Barnes. It seems like after they reached a certain age, Michael would just check out. He'd hit the ground running. Michael was always grooming all of these kids and their parents. Truth is, Michael owned the same hideously horrendous material that pedophiles owned. You can read the accusatory instrument yourself, and you be the judge. Now, I believe all of these, all of these, um, criminal charges stem back from that documentary titled Living with Michael Jackson. Now, did you see that one? That was incredible, right? I think that was with Martin Bashir. I think that's the way you pronounce his last name correctly. Now, you can see Michael holding hands with that boy in that video, or in that documentary rather, and it was just sick. Completely sick in my opinion. The kid was resting his head on his shoulder. Oh my god. No doubt he was conditioned over time, boys and girls. His relationship with Brett Barnes is also atrocious. An Australian boy who was only five years old at the time. Let that sink in. Five years old. And Michael Jackson is calling this kid at all sorts of strange hours. Constantly. It's reported here. When he was nine years old, Michael Jackson apparently invited this boy and his parents to America for three weeks, all expenses paid. Hmm. Interesting. Does that not ring any alarm bells for you? The boy's sister felt uncomfortable, and rightfully so. Now, this is all weird stuff, people, I'm telling you. It's all weird. A staggering 465 nights, Brett slept in Michael's bed. Just what the hell is that? My God, people. And just last year, I think it was just last year, Wade Robinson was claiming in some sort of interview that Michael ran in a um, sophisticated child sex abuse ring. I think he even said that in his lawsuit. You can check the uh, dossier online for more information on that and all these things that were that I've been talking about here. And you be the judge. We all know money can buy you freedom. So, yes, it's been a rather strange and unusual night. I've been using that word quite often because that's the theme here. It's been odd talking about Michael Jackson. I feel bad just talking about him because I do like him. I appreciated him as an artist. And I really do feel his legacy is a bit tarnished. It's quite sad. Let me remind you folks, you can call in if you want to discuss this. If not, I'll just go away now. Looking at the time, it is that hour. So once again, here's your chance. If you want to discuss this, that number is 760-332-8947 or 760-332-8724. Go ahead and call in if you want to discuss this. Now remember, you can go back to michaeldeacon.com for any past show you might have missed or shows you didn't even know it existed. And that's that's a common issue here. We need to fix that. They don't know we exist. Please help spread the word about this program. Help me help others open their minds and hearts. Don't get the wrong idea now. I'm not serving Kool-Aid that will potentially kill you. If you enjoy this program and want it to keep moving forward and expanding, please feel free to donate to any of... Oh, and look, there's a call now. 
Oh my God! Did you kill someone back there? <laughs> what was you all that call- noise? What? You I said, heard something? Oh, yeah, I heard I a. Sl- I heard a body. I the door to my office when I, I was coming in. I heard a body fall in the background there. No, I just slammed the door to my office so it would be quiet. Right, right. So what's going on? Did you hear that? Was that was that too um, was that too much? Hold on, I'm sorry. Wait. Oh. I had myself tangled up in my headphones. Yes, I I heard, I heard, and what you know I the even... things that you hear though that, that right. you've read that that's that's what's sad is that that's that's what everybody sees. That's because that's what's let out and that's what's shown. Well, I mean, shown. this is, I'm, you know, I got, I got these things from the accusatory instrument. It's not like this was some sort of fake article written by some kid in high school. Um, let, let me, let me start by saying this. Uh, Jordy Chandler, his, the dad that was the dentist. He killed himself in 2009. And, um, I want you to know that, uh, him and his uh and and Jordy's stepfather it was recorded and they you know they have a recording of them on the phone planning to extort money from Michael Jackson by accusing him of molesting Jordy and after when by the time Jordy became old enough he emancipated himself from his parents because they did this and then after his dad finally committed suicide Jordy Chandler made a video on YouTube and said that Michael Jackson never touched him, that his dad, and so said the the stuff that was recorded of him saying something. He was under, like, dentist anesthesia with his dad and his stepdad prompting him. But anyway, that's that's just that one. And I'll also say that, that the $15 million settlement was because – Everybody was after Michael Jackson to continue his tour and just pay him off and get it out of the way. You can make that much money, you know, next week if you have a concert or whatever. To him, that was not a lot of money at that time. He was worth billions. And he, you know, it was not a good decision to do it because he had the evidence to go through a trial and be, you know, not guilty. But they didn't think there was his all his managers and promoters and lawyers and all that stuff. So sure, let, let me just settle it. Yeah, let me just cut you off there. Okay. So you don't think it's unusual for a fully grown adult to be having these relationships with various children of uh, such a young age, and it seemed like he would habitually move on child to child once they reached a certain age of puberty. Why is that, Sherry? Can you elaborate for me? Okay, my opinion on that is... Yes. Okay, I've said before that I'm a person that really loves children. In fact, I actually, I love little girls because I've taught dance and, uh, you know, tumbling and TV commercial acting and things like that, okay? And um, I wanted to open a princess preschool because I love little girls, Okay. Right. And I don't see anything wrong with, I, I think that that's the kind of person he was. Plus, he missed out on a lot of his childhood, and he was trying to. And I'm not plus, arguing about that. I, I know yeah, he did. I mean, I, I feel terrible I think about that's that. Where it comes from. And I'm not, you have to understand, Sherry, I'm not taking a stance where I'm trying to bury Michael Jackson. I actually have a great respect for him. 
I, I know. I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan. I do love Michael Jackson. I think it's interesting that, uh, you know, if you, you know what, I, I'd love, let me tell you this now. I'm probably going out, you know how I'm paranoid about some stuff. Sure. I'm going to go out on a, on a, on a edge here. Okay. It's interesting to me that all that stuff came out that they just found all this new, uh, you know, it, it had just came out was that radar online that had said they found all this stuff on his property and everything. Well, then, then all of a sudden Pizzagate broke and then Macaulay Culkin has this band with all the pizza stuff and everything. Oh, by the way, before, before I forget, it, it's interesting uh-huh. you brought him up. Um, isn't he going to be playing Kurt Cobain in that Nirvana movie as well? I hope so. I think I, I read that. I think that his only that. job was that one on that Michael Alec movie. Oh, you mean Party know. Monster? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to see that. I haven't oh, seen you, that, actually. You, you haven't seen it? No, I hadn't seen it. I'm going to have oh, to check man. that out. Yeah, you're going to have to watch that film. It, it's uh, it's very dark, and as you know, tonight has been a very dark and daunting type of show. It's been very depressing, of course, and it, it, I don't take great enjoyment in doing a kind of show like I'm doing tonight. I don't feel, I don't feel good doing this. I, I'm not happy doing this right now, but it's a topic that has been, um, lingering around here on, on this program. Everyone has been asking, um, emailing me here, uh, about Michael Jackson and, and the scandal, and there's lots of interest still, even to this day. Well, I'll tell you what, let me just, I, I just had a few things that I wanted to point out to you and just, you know, sure, just throw them ahead. at you. Okay. Okay. Gavin Ar- Arvizo and his family and they, you know, were invited to Neverland Ranch and all this stuff. He was a sick child. The cancer, and, yeah, the cancer patient. A lot of his kids right. were sick mm-hmm. or they were, um, you know, like celebrity children that he felt that their parents were like stealing their money and he kind of related to the, Hollywood, he was trying to give him a chance to be a kid. You know, that would be like Corey Feldman, Macaulay Culkin or what have, who both, you know, testified that he never did anything to them. But my point is this, Gavin, the only evidence that they had that, that they submitted was a Hustler magazine that supposedly had my, uh, Gavin's fingerprints on it that was supposedly taken from Neverland Ranch. But that magazine proved later to have been published Months and months after they, the family was even at the estate. So that was like evidence that was put in there by Tom Sneddon to try to, to try to convict him because they didn't have anything. And just like the stuff that you're saying that they found there, that has all been proven to be not true. It's not, it, it fell off the face of the earth right after it came out. I feel like it came out right before the Pizzagate stuff. And it, it, to me, it's so interesting that Macaulay Culkin, have you seen that band he made? The where he puts he made? pizza in every, like he'll uh, just take any song that's well known and put pizza in the title and change the thing. Like, no, I've never done that. <laughs> it's really weird. He's got a, uh, he's got a new band out and it's called something pizza. And, um, I, I wish, I wish you could interview him. That would be something. Okay. Let me just say this. Aphrodite Jones, she was on ID and stuff. She has a show. Shit called True Crime with Aphrodite Jones. Sure. She actually went after he was acquitted to write a pro Michael Jackson book and was stopped by the powers that be. And she went really far with this and they would not let her publish the yes, book or I, I write heard anything about it. Right. But and, you know, that could mean a lot of different things though, Sherry. Okay, well let's see. Just like uh, just like when ahead. just like when people get paid 
like Michael, like when you pay off families like Michael Jackson did, you know, there's, there's different implications, correct? Well, he paid off one family. That was the first one that he did because they were advising him to do all that and everything. His lawyer later That's had two said separate, that was a mistake. Two you know separate I mean? like occasions. He should have never did that. Right. Yeah. And they, they didn't, he didn't do it the next time he fought it. And this time they brought him in, but the, the accusations were horrible. There was staff that he had like fired that was coming in and, and they were saying that, you know, this, that, and other, that he, they witnessed all this stuff. But then at the end of the day, when they were, he actually countersued them and won and they all owed him a million, one million dollars to, that they had to pay back to him, you know, in damages. And that, all the people mm-hmm. that were testifying against him that, that worked there or whatever at Neverland Ranch. The whole they were situation. people that he had let go. They had sold stuff from him yeah, and he had fired them. The whole situation is, is really troubling in my opinion. It is. It, uh, yeah, I, I get it. I get that he, that it looks weird. It looks behavior. weird. And, and Sherry, let me ask you, do you think it's appropriate for a fully grown man to share his bed with a child? Now, that's another thing though. All these people that say that, you know, that he was sharing a bed, he was sharing his bedroom, which in the land of Michael Jackson, his room was the size of a duplex. So he had an upstairs, a downstairs. When those children stayed, the whole family was staying in there. Is that? would be like me saying I slept with my dad because we lived in the same house. So you're saying he never, these kids never slept in the same bed as Michael. Is that what you're telling me here? Right. Like he, if they were in his, by his bed, he would sleep on the floor and they slept on the bed. That all came out in the trial. But people mm. don't look at everything that came out. That's how he won the trial. I see. Well, here's the thing. All the transcripts are, I believe, on the smoking gun and, and various websites. And none of these websites have been hit with any sort of um, legal issue. And from my understanding, it was just radar online. I do recall they were the ones who were sued. I think I think that the powers that be and the elite, they, like I said before, they didn't want to see a black man succeed. He owned half of Sony. They wanted it back and they were doing anything that they could to ruin him. So they, you know, took these eccentric behaviors of his and, 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 and used them against him and they still do it to today. And that's why I'm trying to say, I really think that, that Macaulay Culkin being thrown in this Pizzagate thing with that band was, is trying to just elude something, try to make some minds go back to Michael Jackson I'll look, again. I'll look into that because yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't aware of that, that thing at all. But here's another thing, Wade Robinson, uh, another, another, another boy. Yes. Yes, he, he's also out there, um, most recently, I believe was making these allegations again, um, in his lawsuit, which has been going on for quite some time now, I believe. And I'm not even sure they've come to any kind of, uh, settlement at all. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I know the attorney that defended him when he won in 2005, Said that he brought him on the stand and yeah, he, he denied was. that anything yes. that okay. Michael Here. ever touched. Yes, him. I'm, and I'm glad you bring you brought that up because here's the thing: he did testify in in defense of Michael Jackson and support for his friend, but that's the way he viewed it as as an adult. Now you have to consider that when that took place, he was young and naive, and um, in his words, I, I believe he was traumatized from what had happened with him and Michael Jackson. And if you go back and you look at some of the recent interviews with this character, Wade Robinson, um, I like his name, by the way. That's a cool name. 
Wade, well, it's actually Wade Robson. Oh, is it, is it Robson? Oh, okay. Yeah, but that's that's nothing, you know. It still sounds good though. Well, you know what? But yeah, um, let me let me just David say David Oates reverse speaks him though. You right. should check that out. Right, I'll, I'll look into that. But yeah, that David Oates. But yeah, I um, love him. <laughs> here, here's the thing with 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 Wade there. If you go back and see his recent interviews or interview when he's talking about this this thing with with Michael, he, he's he's very detailed and his body language is really telling. When he, when he was expressing himself and now he has a child. Back then he didn't have a child and he alluded that, um, he said something along the lines of, if what had happened to him happened to his child, he would basically lose it. And, um, I thought that was kind of powerful that he would say something like that. And it kind of seems like he's not making this up. It seemed like he was being realistic, just judging from his body language. Well, I myself will look into that more too. But uh he looked I mean, like he I'm was telling the truth. You know. I, well, he he looked like he was telling the truth. I mean, it, it doesn't mean that Michael molested these kids. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't, but did he molest anyone else? Um maybe. I I just know that if I had a child, I wouldn't let him or her sleep in the same bed as Michael Jackson and I'm sure you probably wouldn't either. Like I said, I don't think that I don't think that that was actually going on when it all came down to it. Okay, well, let's say theoretically that that's exactly what was going on. Would you still let your child sleep in the same bed as a fully grown adult with a fully grown adult male? I guess it would depend who the male was. Well, in this case, it's a stranger because Michael Jackson will always be a stranger to these children that he was having these relationships with, and he has a record of spending this this incredible amount of time with with these children i just think it's it's really strange sherry for uh an adult to be doing this sort of thing because it just doesn't look right well i think it is odd behavior i i i agree i've never said that it wasn't odd behavior but i think that he has mental issues from when he was a child well, no, and it probably stems from that well no kidding but, i mean it was that goddamn joe jackson Yes, that's the whole problem, isn't it? He beat him over the head with that branch. <laughs> yes, he did. He was very evil. Yes. And, you know, when you mm-hmm. get into right. stuff like uh Kathy, o- was it Kathy O'Brien or Bryce Taylor's story about being uh, being on stage at, the, <laughs> at Bob Hope with Bob Hope, and she was, you know, excited because it was the Jacksons and she peeked behind the curtain, and she said that, some big men went in there and them little boys had to drop all their pants and someone did them all in the butt and they had to put on their little suits and go out on stage and perform right after that. Jesus Christ. That's what she said. That's her testimony. She, she would be a great guest. How dare you, Sherry, by the way? Huh? I said, how dare you? you? How I, how I say, well, I'm just saying that's what she said. Good Lord. And she was, she was a little girl when she witnessed that. Yeah, by the way, there was a, a woman who came forward, by the way, too, who was also allegedly paid off. I'm not sure if you happen to see that story, Sherry. No, I haven't. I plan to look, in, look yes, at it, though. Look into that, because, you know, it's not very, it's not every day that we see something like that, some woman actually coming forward, because I know lots of uh, people out there wondered, um, were, were there any women, women involved, or was it just boys only, ex- was it boys exclusively, rather, and... No, apparently there is a, a woman who also was conditioned 
And let, let's get weird for a minute. One night I was looking into that and there's a, someone was saying that, um, that Michael Jackson has a, had a clone that was oh in New God. York City and had molested some boys in a hotel room. And I was like, well, from oh all the stuff my. that I've learned, you never know. And you know what, what last thing I'm going to say is okay. point out something really random. Go Isn't ahead. it odd how Michael Jackson could look so different throughout his entire life and still be the most recognizable person? Uh, it's very weird. Yeah, it's true. It's re- weird. Really weird. He but had, I like you, me and Darby both have oh, stuff happening all mm-hmm. the time. Michael Jackson, like it's with really, the songs coming on yeah, and all that. It's I don't, weird. I wonder, is it, is it us that's making it happen or is it that it's just that he's so popular now that it's coming on? everywhere and i i really don't believe that because like i said this goes back a little bit further beyond five six years now ours has been going on since 2012 because i and i documented them all so i mean there's like thousands and they're weird it is some of them are really big yeah and i've been it is strange i've been throwing out the i've been throwing out the words strange and unusual He's following the show because he's trying to get the truth out. Oh yeah. You need you need to get um that lawyer on there, Tom's uh Mezzaro. That was oh, the uh right. that lawyer, he's like a saint. You need to listen to some of his interviews when you have time. I definitely will do that and of course this has been This has uh, been great. This has been a very interesting episode, a very dark and disturbing episode going over the Michael Jackson uh, case the 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 hellacious scandal the the psychological damage to everyone involved it's just damaging it's 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 horrifying it's sad it's, sad. Mm-hmm. it's salacious it's it's um all kinds of things really it's a conundrum of a depression yes it is so can you try to get feldman or colkin on the show i would love that i'll try i mean the best i can try. do is michael ellig yeah, that was great. That was that was also insane. <laughs> that was awesome. That was insane. So, look, I'm gonna let you go. I have to get back to yes, work, but I really I have to wrap it up here. Talking to you. I know. Maybe it, one day we'll solve all of life's mysteries. Oh goodness! Well, thank you so much for calling in. It's been fun, and I'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Have a good night, Michael. Right, take care. And that was Sherry, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, looking at the time, it's getting kind of late here, folks. And what a great time it was. We laughed, we cried, we went up, we went down, we went sideways, we went everywhere tonight, folks. We went all over the place. Please feel free to send me an email at michaeldeacon at michaeldeacon.com. For any comments or concerns, go ahead. By the way, I do want to tell you guys, if you want, there is a donation button now on the website on the right-hand side of your screen. Please feel free to donate. We're happy to get the kind of money that jingles, but we'd rather get the kind that folds. Oh, yes. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place, and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night, everybody. I could tell that all the mainstream media outlets were giving me like bullshit. Like, if you can just see it, it's clear. <laughs>
It's crazy. I had no idea this shit existed before 726. Just for what it's worth, I want to put in my two cents to tell you both that you have one of the most incredibly well-rounded Guess what, motherfuckers? 